We're coming to the very end of the Sermon on the Mount. We've been working on this forever, I think. I don't know, it's been quite a while. Um, and, and we worked through sort of the front end of it. Now we're hitting the, uh, the end. Um, and, and like any good preachers, Jesus is, is doing this, this message. He, he spends, he does an introduction, and then there's a chunk of teaching is how we're supposed to live, how do we be disciples who follow Jesus, right? And so we kind of work through that. And, and you know, this guy, these guidelines regarding how to, how to live out our faith were, were um, kind of the content of the messages over the last few, um, over the last few weeks. And, and now he sort of transitions into the end. And, and he has a two-part, well, he's got a three-part conclusion, but we're only going to look at the very first one. Um, because I, I, I think the wine at the restaurants for Mother's Day probably get really long really quickly. And so the shorter version of this message is my Mother's Day gift to all of you. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> you wound me. <laughs> um, Alright, so um, I, over the last few weeks, uh, over the last few months, I've read a series of articles in different places written by parents, and, and the thing that all of these articles have had in common is that, that they were written by parents who were unhappy that they were parents. Um, the, the first one I read, I, uh, I saw it on Facebook, where, where somebody I knew linked it. It was from, I think, from the Huffington Post, which I, I don't normally read, but I saw the title and I thought, wow, that's kind of interesting. And it was this woman who had raised two children and, and said, you know what, I've had my kids, I've raised them, they're out of the house. Here's my confession, I didn't love them, and I hated being a mom. <laughs> and I'm reading it, and I'm like, what? <laughs> and she said, well, I got pregnant, and I had a career, and I had to give up my career. I really resented that. I really resented that I couldn't spend time on myself when I was changing diapers. I really resented that I had to feed them. I really resented it. It was like, wow, that's sort of anti-mom, isn't it? I mean, that's sort of the polar opposite of, of what mothers are supposed to be, isn't it? Um, and and I, I read a whole bunch of these, actually, where, where um, I read one parent who was, they were expecting twins, and they were, they were sort of, and they, the guy actually wrote, I'm sort of hoping we lose one. Because <laughs> I don't want to raise two, it's too much work. Um, and, and it's awful, and it, this is how I'm starting Mother's Day. Um, <laughs> the thing that, that stood out to me, and I, I, at first I puzzled at this, because I can't imagine how somebody couldn't, like, worship their kids. Am I right? I mean, we, we had Abby, and Abby is just the most wonderful thing, and, and um, you know, we're going to have another one here, and we're like itching to, to have this baby already, um, because we want to have him, and I think because my wife's tired of being pregnant. Um, <laughs> but, but they just become the center of your universe, right? I mean, can I get an amen from the parents? <laughs> It's the truth. I mean, and, and, you know, when they smile, it sort of lightens up your day, and the silly little things you do when you tell other people stories, and they're like, okay, that's really great, you know, but to you, it's the greatest thing ever. You know, you, you watch your kid figure something out, and you're pretty sure they're going to be a scientist or a, you know, um, a philosopher, right? That kind of people, no, nobody wishes that on their kids. Or a minister, nobody would wish that either. Um, <laughs> but you, you look at them, and they're, they're the best thing in the world. But, um, Starting, I'm going to argue, in, in maybe the 60s, there was an attitude change where we saw a shift from you have your children and they're the greatest thing in the world to it's all about me. And if something gets in the way of that, that might not be okay. Um, and even more so, like you, you hear, you know, my wife has a job, I'm not knocking on a career or anything like that. 
you know, oh, well, you know, you, it's your family or your career, or, oh, well, but you can sacrifice family time and change your career time. My wife works. Again, I'm not knocking on anyone. Please don't be offended by me. And there, there's this attitude of, oh, what do I have to give up? Oh, it's such a trial. It's such a difficulty. It's such a... And it, it goes against the nature of things, right? And, and as I've thought about it, I figure you go into parenting, or motherhood, since it's Mother's Day, um, and you have this choice. You can decide to live selfless, right? You're not perfect. Anybody mother perfect right out of the gate? <laughs> well, except for my wife. No. Um, <laughs> um, you're not perfect, but you decide, I am going to love my child above all else. This is it. My child is number one. I'm going to love him no matter what. Or you try to stand on both sides of the aisle where you're like, I'm going to love him, but it's still going to be largely about me. You know, you see, that was a big trend in the 80s and 90s where people, like, had children's accessories. You know, when you paid somebody to watch them, you didn't spend any time with them, and then, like, you, you brought them along because they looked pretty or whatever. I mean, it was, it, was, it was sad, wasn't it? But you still loved them for all you were worth, but, yeah, I'm still standing on both sides of the fence here. And I think more and more so now, we're seeing where people are becoming open that I didn't really want to have them, you know, I've got them, it's kind of crummy. And it's sad, isn't it? Um, as Jesus concludes this sermon, um, he, he talks about two ways, right? He says there are two ways you can go in life. And what he's talking about is, um, is discipleship. Um, but, but this idea fits. Um, we can choose to be selfless. We can choose to, to fulfill what God created us to be. Or we can live for us, right? Which might be a lot more fun in the moment. But it, it doesn't carry with it the reward that the selfless life brings. Um, and so he finishes up, this is how I want you to live. Love, love people who mistreat you. You know, don't do unto others as you have them do unto you. Um, you know, if somebody strikes you on your right cheek, off from the other. Right? You know, do right by people who do wrong by you. This is how you serve God best, by loving the people that he loves, and by loving him more than anything else. This is how you do this best. Now, having told you all of that, you have two choices. You can do it or you can not, right? And he opens it out, I, I think I actually have, um, he opens it out by, by, he's got three parts, but he opens it with this, do it. Um, make a choice. I actually have to remember to do my slides. Sorry. Um, so the, this three-part conclusion, um, the first part he says, look, you can do the right way or you can do the easy way. You can do the selfless, loving way, or you can do the sort of drag your way through it way, right? Or like it's all about me way. Um, you can do, then the second part of it, he talks about true and false teachers. We're not going to talk about that this week. We'll talk about it next week. Um, and then the final part of it will be um, the strong versus weak foundations for how we live. And that will be the last part. So there's my preview. Uh, Matthew 7, 13 to 14. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it, for the gate is small and they... Uh, and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. So this is the first part of his conclusion. There's sort of a, a bit of a confusing thing here um, because we don't do roads the same way. You hope the county builds a concrete road for your house, right? If you're that lucky. And if not, you put your own road in. Have any of you put your own road in? Or your own pathway in? You know, you, you, you just kind of do it yourself. And for the Jewish people, they have rules about building your own road. Kind of crazy. They have rules for just about everything. They have rules for how to wash your hands. They have rules for 
you know, when you were supposed to name your child, believe it or not, eighth day, you couldn't name them before that. Um, <laughs> and, and so they had a rule for how to build a road. And, and um, the Talmud is the book, right? So, like, the Talmud is a commentary on a book called the Mishnah. The Mishnah was a commentary on the scriptures. So, like, they'd come to a part that was sort of, like, vague, and in this particular case, it's Leviticus, they would build, they would have special places. If you were out chopping wood and your axe had blew off and killed the guy next to you, you would have to go somewhere to get away for a while, because they didn't want his family to murder you. Make sense? Um, and, and so, like, if you accidentally killed someone, you would go to a place called a city of refuge. And the text actually says in Leviticus, build the way, you know, the roads going to the city of refuge, make them really wide, so it would be easy to get there, right? I assume not, because there would be a lot of traffic, I mean, to make it easy to get there. Um, and the Mishnah comes, or the Talmud comes along, and he says, well, wait a minute, if we have to build these wide, how wide is wide? I mean, like, is four feet wide? Because it's wider than two, right? Or 20 feet wide? That's wider than 10. And they had this whole debate amongst these religious leaders, and eventually they narrowed it down, and they wrote it in this book, and they said, this is how you build roads to honor God. It's kind of silly. <laughs> a public thoroughfare is 16 L's, a rabbi taught. A private way is 4 L's, and one city, or, and away from one city to another is 8 L's. A public way is 16, and the way to a city's refuge is 32. So if you were going from town to town, like we were going to Fort Benton, I guess, it would be um, 16 L's. Um, whereas it could be a quarter that size if it was our own deal. What's an L, you might be asking. Anybody asking that? What's an L? <laughs> um, an L is about the size of a cubit. What's a cubit? A cubit is the distance between your, uh, your fingertip and your elbow, right? Um, there's a variation of it for an L, but like that was the Jewish way of measuring things. And so if it was 16 feet, you had to go 16 of these, right? And the way to a city of refuge had to be twice that size. But if I was just going to build, like, I have a house out in the middle of nowhere, like, the Williamses. Um, <laughs> I needed to get out to my house. I didn't want to build a super wide road. Why? Because building roads is expensive, right? I could go down to four. So that would be four of these. And they had a justification. They said, well, you want to be able to get a donkey with, with gear on it to go down that road. Make sense? I mean, it'd be like, well, if I was going to build a road in my house and my pickup truck couldn't fit on it, I'd have a problem. You know, especially if it was a Chevy and never make it with bumps. Um, <laughs> Um, so, um, the rule was, if you were going to build a private way, now a private way was only about uh, six feet wide, maybe five feet wide, is that an easier road to find than the one that's about, I don't know, 32 L's, what would that be, like, uh, about 30 feet across? Which is an easier one to find, if I'm out wandering and looking? The big one, right? Um, I, the race I ran in yesterday, it was all up in the mountains and in the woods and stuff like that. And there were points where, like, the road was so narrow that they put tape along it so you could tell where you're supposed to run. Because you're running through brush and, like, a water, you know, a waterway that had cut a little bit of a path. And, you know, and it was really narrow. And, and you know, the reason, um, the reason for the Jews, though, that they made it so wide, like the city of refuge, they wanted you to get there. They didn't want your neighbor to murder you, Right. If you were going to a town and there were people coming from either direction, they wanted a whole heck of a lot of room for you to get by. Does this make sense? 
Um, so when Jesus starts talking about um, how to, you know, the wide road and the narrow road, what he's talking about is one way is easy, right? But one way is a whole heck of a lot harder. Um, one way, you could steer anywhere you want, right? I love driving up, when you drive out to the bits, as Jess hates it, but I, I sort of, you can drive anywhere on that road, is that Judith Landing? That road's about 32 L's wide, right? It's like, it's huge! And you can kind of, I mean, you can drive on the left side, and as long as it's bright out, there's enough dust, you can see when people are coming, so it doesn't matter. You can drive on the right, and you drive in the middle if you feel like it. Um, as long as you manage to hit the rocks just right so your car isn't weeping. Anyway, um, and it's nice to have these wide roads, right? Because you can make your own decisions. Well, how does this translate into our own lives? Well, here's the translation, right? So, the way to heaven, right? The way to intimacy with God, it starts with, with a narrow way. Dark, you don't get choices, right? If, if the road is four feet wide, you don't get to decide where you're walking. You walk in the road, right? And that's it. Um, when I was running yesterday, there were points in time where you had to slow down because the guy in front of you wasn't going that fast. And you'd have to say, hey, buddy, can I get by you? And you'd have to step off in this rush, and you'd run by him, right? I should pass people. Anyway. Um, <laughs> um, but you don't get to make your own choices. Um, this isn't a very popular understanding of the world, right? Um, actually, before I get into that too far, there are two ways to look at this, right? He says the gate and the road, right? So the gate is wide, and the road is wide that leads to destruction. The gate is narrow, and the road is narrow that leads to heaven. And so as we approach this, there are two ways to look at it. Which comes first, right? The gate or the road? Or the road or the gate? And we're going to look at it both ways really briefly. Um, if the gate comes first, so Jesus says, narrow is the gate, and narrow is the road. Um, the gate of the anarchy is Jesus, right? This is a narrow gate. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except by me. I don't get to choose. Does that make sense? The choice I have at that point is Jesus or not that road. If I'm going to follow his teachings, if I'm going to be submissive to this discipleship stuff that he's laid out, that's the choice I have. I'm going to follow his teachings, I'm going to follow him, or I'm not going to. That means that I am saved by Jesus straight, right? I believe through my faith in Christ, my sins are washed away, and I'm made like like acceptable to God, and I can pursue a relationship with Him. Um, that's it. Um, the the there's a, a famous rap musician who, who had a big tattoo that said "Only God can judge me." Right? And I talked to a lot of young gang members who would say, "Oh, well, that means I can believe whatever I want because only God can judge me." What a dumb way of looking at the world. Right? <laughs> Because God's going to judge you by the standard he judges you by. As you come into it, this is your choice. It's Jesus or not Jesus, according to what the scriptures teach. Um, so we enter through Christ. Um, one of the things that's worth understanding about this is the word that means way or road in this passage has the same root as the word persecution. Um, and, and sometimes it doesn't mean anything. In this case, it's probably a play on words because Jesus did a lot of that, right? It's a pun. Um, part of the understanding is it's going to be difficult because people aren't going to like it. Um, there have been times in history where it's been relatively 
free of persecution to follow Christ, right? We're kind of shifting out of that time. Um, if, if you say you believe in Jesus, people will tell you you're closed-minded, right? You might lose your business. That does happen. Actually, it happens in America today. Um, people might not want to talk to you anymore. They might call you names. They might mistreat you. They might all sorts of things, right? Um, there is difficulty that comes with following Jesus. Um, particularly if you follow the stuff he's taught. Why? Because if I love somebody who mistreats me, they might mistreat me more, right? If I don't get revenge when somebody like like wrongs me, I, I'm having to take it on the chin sometimes. That's a hard road to walk, isn't it? There are other ways that it's difficult. Um, as I was running yesterday, I... I run by guys, and I, I sort of slow up and have conversations, because I'm me, I guess I don't even know. Um, <laughs> and, and I'd be running with a guy and say, well, you know, how how you doing? What group did you start in? Where are you from? What do you do for a living? And then I, every person I pass by, I ask the same question. What did you do to prepare for this? Right? That's a reasonable question. You are run up and down a mountain two or three times, like, how did you prepare to do this? And it was interesting that some people I talked to would say, I've been training for six months, I weights, I would, um, you know, run up and down hills. I talked to a, a rancher, so ranchers could do this, who um, every time he would hit a breaking point in his day, he would go out into the ditches, and he'd run up and down the ditches, which is crazy, right? <laughs> um, that's a good way to do it. There are other guys I talked to who said, uh, I ran a mile last week. <laughs> who did better? As we talk about the narrow way, part of the idea here is, as I follow Jesus, it's not all that easy, right? I'm going to bring this back to motherhood. How easy is it to, to make all the right calls right out of the gate as a mom? Anybody? I remember we were sitting in the Anderson's living room and Abby was screaming her head off. That never happens. Um, and and um, we're trying to figure out what's wrong with her. And uh, it was uh, uh, Bridget was sitting there, and Bridget said, she's got diaper rash. And I'm thinking, no way. <laughs> you can't tell that just by hearing her cry. And she's like, no, she has diaper rash. I know that cry. How many moms, like experienced, seasoned moms, can pick out diaper rash on, on, a, on a cue like that? How do you do it? Well, you raise three or four kids, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, that's the diaper rash cry. I know that one. Um, you learn it by practicing, right? Part of how we understand this narrow road is, it's not easy. It's work. It, it's a specific decision to live a certain way, and by living a certain way, you grow in faith. You grow in depth. You become aware of who God is and how to see his calling and direction for your life. You face situations where you have to make decisions, and you say, this is what Jesus wants me to do, and it becomes easy, right? Early on, you have to sit around and say, gosh, what am I supposed to do with this? Or you might make the wrong call. Anybody ever done that? It's easy to do, isn't it? Um, obedience and following the right road. There's a training element to this. Um, there's a part of this that's kind of tough, too, this exclusive way idea. Um, I said that we're saved by Christ alone. In the first century, this drew a great deal of persecution, and actually a lot of people would claim that Christians were atheists. Isn't that weird? You know, like we're sort of in the opposite way now. 
But like people would look and they'd be like, wait a minute, you only believe in one God? Well, you're practically an atheist. You don't even believe in anything. And, and Christians were often executed for charges of atheism. Because um, they said, because you don't believe in all of the gods we believe in, you don't believe in anything. And, you know, in that culture, um, Romans, Romans sort of believed you could do whatever you wanted, right? Six wives, knock yourself out. Um, slaves, we're okay with that. Um, you know, they, they sort of lived how they wanted. Like, and if you go back and you read some of these ancient writers between orgies and, you know, killing people for entertainment, you know, throwing them in with the lions and let's watch for TV sport. Like, all of these things they did, it was a pretty atrocious place to live. It was awful, right? But they believed any way you wanted to go was okay, anywhere you want to drive on the road is okay, right? Nice wide gate, nice wide road. We're not quite as extreme as that nowadays, but there are folks who will say, you know, as long as you have faith, that's enough. It doesn't matter what you have faith in. Just have faith. That's enough. And it sounds really good, doesn't it? Except it's not what Jesus taught. And you say, oh, well, I don't want to buy that. But that is a narrow road versus a wide road, right? Do what you want, you'll make your way to heaven. This is the way. This is the only truth. This is the light that you can have. And there are people who try to go through the wide gate. And it's an option, right? It's always an option. This isn't what Jesus taught. Um, because of this, Christians were often called um, judgmental. I don't know, that seems weird to hear today, doesn't it? Um, Christians were off, often called closed-minded. Because they didn't approve of all practices, they were, they were often looked down on. Um, in the first century, actually, Christians were often persecuted for opposing abortion. Isn't that weird? The Romans had a, a lot of abortion. And the other thing that they would do is, you would have a child, and you would leave it in the field if you didn't want it, right? And then, you know, the child would die, and that'd just be sort of it, right? And that's, that's sort of how you got rid of kids you didn't want. Christians in the first century would collect them up and take them home. And then the whole church would raise them. And there were people who really objected to that. They'd be like, I got rid of that kid. You're not allowed to keep him. Right? Um, or actually there were laws in Rome that if you had a child with a deformity, you had to kill it. And Christians would rescue them. And they were persecuted for it. Um, but it's a very narrow way. Right? It's a specific way to live. It's not, I can do whatever I want. I don't want to get involved in this situation because I really don't need another kid. It's, this is what Christ told us to do. This is how we're supposed to live. What's right is right, and this is how I'm going to do it. Does that make sense? Um, it's not about judgment. It's not about looking down at other people and saying, ooh, you're all bad. It's, this is the way I'm going to walk, and this is how I'm going to do it. And I can't step off because the path isn't all that wide for me to step off. Broadway, like I said, it's this make your own choice, right? Do what you want, it's great. Um, there's actually several spots in the Old Testament where they refer to this as everyone did what was right in his own eyes, right? Um, and we do that, right? It's wrong to do this, but it's okay to do this. And as long as I think it's okay, it's okay. Again, you know, God decides us to live to a different standard. He decides what's right, He decides what's wrong. That right and wrong doesn't change. And we walk that path. Um, 
If we reverse the order, by the way, and this is sort of an aside, both are pretty reasonable ways to read it because of the way it's written in Greek. It's sort of ambiguous about which is first and which is second. Um, one way emphasizes, you know, we're saved by grace, we're going to heaven no matter what, but then we have a road to walk that will involve persecution and hard work, right? The other way to read it is there's a lot of hard work, there's a lot of persecution you'll face, but if you endure it at the end, there's something worth having. Um, the race I ran yesterday, 4,000 people ran it, 3,000 people finished. Um, there were quite a few people that got along the way and said, I don't want to do this anymore. And they quit. And actually, following Christ is the same way. There are a lot of people who will start doing it. And after a little while, they'll say, well, maybe this isn't for me. I'm going to go do something else now. Right? Or you hear this a lot with husbands, um, that, well, soon-to-be-divorced husbands, where they say, well, I know it's wrong to cheat on my wife, but this is what I want to do, and so this is what I'm going to do. And God can't fault me that. I've actually talked to people who said that, right? I can't be upset. All I'm doing is being happy. No, I don't think so, right? At least, you know, you're incurring around your wife, nothing else. Um, when we were running along, actually, there was another spot. I was talking to this Canadian farmer, and I think it was because he was Canadian. He, he pulled off to the side, and there was a spot where we had to go down this hill into this ravine and come back up. And I watched him, and he was looking down the fence line for the edge of the property. And he started to lift it up, and you could tell he thought about cutting across. <laughs> um, and I, I kind of watched him for a second, and I thought, is he going to genie? And, and I kind of passed him, and then he caught up with me, and I was like, oh, he didn't cheat. That's really good. But there are folks who will do that. They'll say, you know, this road is too hard. Maybe there's an easy way. I should forgive everybody except for that jerk, right? You know, God gives you the Lord this part of my life, but I'm going to keep this one for myself. Not really. He's either in charge or he ain't, right? You walk the narrow path, or, the, or you don't. So which way do we go? And more specifically, I'm going to ask, which way do you go? As you're sitting there today and you're listening to me talk, do you know what's right in your own eyes? Are you living life, figuring, well, God owes me, right? God will pretty much be okay with anything I do. As long as I make it across the finish line, meaning like I'm alive until I'm dead, you know, it, it's, it's the bar's low enough to trip over. That's all God expects out of me. Are we looking at what Christ calls us to? Mind you, I'm not saying we have to live this hard life in order to be saved. We're saved through faith in Christ, right? You believe, you have faith, you're saved. That's it. After that, it's expensive because it's a road to walk. And it's a hard road to walk. It's a road of obedience. It's a road of like living under a Lord who's Jesus. Um, after that, we can ask ourselves, like, are there, and next week we'll talk more about this, are there people you're listening to that have no idea what they're talking about or are lowering the bar that far? There are a couple of TV preachers I listen to who sell a lot of books, but they make it about as hard to get into heaven as it is to get into Walmart. Right? It's not through Jesus, it's through being happy. And there are a lot of guys who say that, right? There's that one guy, uh, Every Day of Friday. Do you guys, you know that book I'm talking about? Or Your Best Life Now. Well, why wouldn't I have my best life now? <laughs> Throwing lower prices and, and a greeter at the door, and it's all good. It doesn't mean anything that. It's not the standard that God set. Um, or worse yet, what are we building our lives on? Do I say Jesus is Lord, and do I live otherwise? 
My challenge for you is to ask, which way are you walking? Where are you going? How are you living? We're going to close in prayer. And we have one more song. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would uh, be with us today. Um, help us to uh, know you more intimately. Help us to walk your way rather than our own. Help us to look for your path and help us to take the hard way. Um, not the self-centered way. Not the do what is right in your own eyes way. Amen.